A morning in paradise turned into tragedy last week in Surfside, Florida. Part of a high-rise building collapsed while hundreds were inside. The Atlantic Coast town just north of Miami investigating the disaster at a 12-story beachside condo. Those killed, injured, and missing initially numbered in the triple digits. Many people were pulled from the rubble. Some reported hearing sounds like thunder. The ground rumbled like an earthquake before part of the building was gone in a cloud of dust. You can wonder if God is in control when tragedy strikes. While we can't have all the answers to our questions, we can know that God is good, even in tragedy. We can be sure of this because of the cross of Christ. The greatest tragedy in human history turned into the greatest good this world has ever known. In terrible situations, like in Florida, we don't know what God is doing, but we know who God is. Welcome to Haven Today. Here it is Monday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. We've spent several days looking at the life of Peter, and now I want us to look at a fisherman's letter this week. I think this is something that will bless you. Now, we've looked at the life of Peter, and today we're going to look at his first letter that he wrote. It's not a long letter, but by the end of this week, I hope you and I will be able to better understand why First Peter has given Christians so much comfort over the last 2,000 years. And as with many things, when we try to understand a book of the Bible, it's important to start at the beginning. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood, Grace and peace be yours in abundance. That's the voice of David Suchet reading the first two verses of First Peter. We're going to hear more from him as he reads portions of the first chapter from this epistle in a moment. After the program, I'd like to send you a documentary that he hosted where he followed in the footsteps of Peter. I'm David Suchet, and I'm in search of one of the most puzzling characters in history. A simple first-century fisherman who somehow became the founding father of the most powerful Christian church on earth. Wow, look at these! We know him as Saint Peter, mentioned more times in the New Testament than anyone except Jesus. Peter's character and what motivates him has always intrigued me. In this series, I'll be uncovering fragments of tradition and half-whispered traces of Peter's life revealing surprising new discoveries and theories about the man who shaped a faith that came to dominate Western civilization. David Suchet, by the way, is Jewish. He was an adult when he came to faith in Yeshua, Jesus, as his Messiah and Lord and Savior, introducing his documentary called In the Footsteps of Peter. I want to send you this two-part documentary that will take you to many places Peter worked and lived, and even more, 
It'll help you understand how God used an ordinary man like this apostle to spread the good news of Jesus around the world. Would you call us after the program? Would you help us reach our fiscal year-end goal, which is just a few days away, by getting in touch with us? But I'd like to send you this special DVD. Our number to call is 800 654 2836. That's 865 Haven. Or come on over to our website after the program. Watch the trailer from this documentary, and that's where you can also make your year end gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org for In the Footsteps of Peter. And if you didn't get In the Footsteps of Paul from us last year, we have that in a special bundle with the Peter documentary for your minimum gift to the ministry for our fiscal year end. Please send us more if you possibly can. Ask about the bundle when you call us or read about it when you go online. Now, let's open this program. Let's sing together. Let's worship together with Vertical Worship. I'm here but for a moment It's all I've ever known But this world is not my home The fight is not my home These burdens are my future The empty tomb has shown I am bound for opening this haven today and a program called a fisherman's letter and that was bound for glory i'm charles morris we have had two weeks to get to know peter a little better but what about these people he's writing to in his very first letter we know that they lived in different roman provinces in what today we call turkey but what does it mean when peter says he's writing to the scattered exiles scattered, or dispersion. That was a word that ancient people used for different groups who were spread out away from their homeland. There was a dispersion in the Old Testament. The kingdoms of Israel and Judah had been conquered and exiled to Assyria and Babylon. Even 
In New Testament times, most Jews lived outside of the Promised Land. How could these Christians, many of whom were probably Gentiles, be considered scattered and exiled? Think back with me now to the first century A.D. Imagine that you and I are living in ancient Turkey. We don't have any of the conveniences of modern life. In fact, we could die from something as simple as an infection from a small cut on our leg. Life is hard for everyone. And you and I are Christians on top of that. Perhaps our family members and our neighbors have shunned us for having our faith in Jesus. Gentiles mock us, and Jews despise us because we believe that Christ rose from the dead. And all of a sudden, the authorities get involved. Persecution comes to our front door because we claim that Jesus is the only way. We are clearly exiles on this earth, waiting for our true homeland. Coming back to the 21st century, and I'm broadcasting this program for you from Texas, you and I may not be dragged off by the authorities for our faith in Christ, but many of our brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing these things. One example from church history is a man named Polycarp. Now, this man was a disciple of the Apostle John. Think about that. He was taught directly by one of the disciples of Jesus. Polycarp was killed for his faith at the age of 86. Now, picture this if you can. A frail man, old, tied to a stake, about to be burned for his faith in Christ? Polycarp was an exile among the world, and he was exiled from the world in death. And yet, Polycarp entered into glory. Peter himself was in exile when he wrote his first letter. In John 21, our Lord foretold Peter's death as a martyr for the faith. Church history tells us that Peter was crucified upside down because he didn't feel worthy to be killed right side up on a cross in the same way as Jesus. You and I may not be experiencing that kind of persecution, but does this mean that we are not exiles? Not necessarily. In a way, we can think of ourselves as COVID exiles. All of us had a different experience of the worldwide pandemic. I live in a part of America that was effectively cut off from the rest of the country. Still is. In order to leave my little five-square-mile peninsula, I have to travel across the Canadian border, drive for half an hour, and for most of the past year, the border guards would only let me or my wife through if we had a doctor's appointment. I spent over a year in a little tiny corner of Washington State. Was I a citizen of my country? Yes. Was I an exile? At least in a sense, also yes. I'm sure you have had similar experiences during the pandemic. Most of us went months without seeing family or friends. We weren't able to actually physically go to church and be with co-workers. And I really have missed my church family. We were dispersed. We were exiles. We are also exiles in another sense. We're Christians. In other words, we are pilgrims, 
kind of like our father Abraham. We read in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, that Abraham made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. We are in the same position. You and I are citizens of our country. The U.S., Canada, Philippines, wherever you're listening right now, Malawi. We are not in our final home, even though we are living on this earth. In a very real way, we are exiles waiting to go home. What do we need to hear at this moment? We need to hear the gospel. We need to be reminded of our only hope in Christ, which is exactly what Peter did in this little letter. Peter's words should give us hope as well. How did Peter, in exile, begin his letter to the other exiles? By telling them that God had given them grace and peace. Think about that with me. They're exiles. They're dispersed. They're persecuted by the world around them. But they have grace and peace from the God of all the universe. Who could have seen this coming? Now, this is the shocking reality of God's love for us, his people. We, who have been sprinkled and cleansed by the blood of Jesus, are given the blessings of grace and peace. You and I probably don't often think of bloody people as blessed people, but that's exactly the picture that Peter paints for us. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Another section from chapter 1 of 1 Peter, read by David Suchet. This hope for exiles is a sure thing. Just like they did, we live on God's good earth. But as good as it is, it's not our home. You and I feel this tension, don't we? We will never be completely at home in this world. But that's okay, because this world was never meant to last forever. Peter reminds us that there's another world coming. You and I are strangers. We're exiles, according to the world. But remember our relationship to God through Christ. The first Christians were few in number. They didn't have any political power. They did possess one thing, though, Christ and Christ crucified. This is where their hope came from. We have that same hope. Whether or not we have political power or large numbers. I'm in Texas right now. There are large churches in Texas. 
that doesn't really matter. You and I have something to look forward to that is far more important than anything that happens in our own country, in our own state, province, neighborhood, the second coming of Jesus. Only then will we come into our true home. No longer will we be dispersed. No more will we be in exile. You and I will finally be home. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Well, did you hear that? A little more from chapter 1 of First Peter, from David Suchet reading. The word that was preached to you is the gospel of Christ. The power of this gospel can be seen in Peter's own life. The apostle who refused to eat with Gentile Christians, now writing words of comfort to his brothers and sisters, including Gentiles. The man who once denied his Lord three times would soon be martyred for his Lord. This powerful gospel is our hope. There is no other comfort for dispersed exiles, whether first century Christians or you and me living in the modern world, waiting for our true home, from one exile to another. Join me in prayer right now, would you? Lord in heaven, we may not even stop to think of ourselves as exiles, living not in our real home, but waiting to reach home. But we need to think of ourselves as exiles. We belong to you. We don't belong to this world. Well, Father in heaven, through the power of your Spirit at work in us, may we see our lives and our place where you've put us for now, a season, in the true context as believers who are on our way home, where we won't be exiles anymore. And that only comes through the power of the gospel at work in our hearts, through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ at work in us, now and until our Lord returns or until it's time for you to call us home. Most of us have been through a lot, more than we could have ever imagined over this past year. Well, thank you for leading us through. But Lord, just keep leading us home. Safely, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This world is not my home. Oh, this world is not my home. My home's been made. Heaven's throne 
this world is not my home. This life is not my own. Oh, this life is not my own. I am His and His alone. This life is not my own. I was born when love was slain. What high cost to pay death's wage? Now ransom die and freedom soon. Jesus raised me from the grave. I just was with them the other night here in Dallas, Texas. The music group Sela and When Love Was Slain. What an amazing sound they have and what a beautiful testimony they have for their love in Jesus. This is Haven Today. I've been at the National Religious Broadcasters the end of last week, most of last week, in fact. I was surprised to see so many people at airports again. Travel is coming back, at least in the United States, not so fast in Canada. But around the world, it's still really hard to get to some place, especially if you would like to follow in the footsteps of Peter in Israel and Turkey and Rome. But I do know one way you can experience the Holy Land, like you've never done before, by taking a virtual vacation with me and watching a special documentary that we have for you. It was originally on the BBC. It's hosted by my brother in Yeshua, Jesus, David Suchet. Here is a moment when he was discovering where Peter would have been physically on the day of Pentecost. So where are we now? Well, this is a house which dates back 2,000 years My goodness. to the time of Peter. Wow. We're standing within the internal courtyard. Oh, my goodness. But it's tiny. I know, but this is the way they used to be. Sort of courtyard that Peter could have come into. I think so. I think so. But looking at this, uh, there's nowhere to hide, is there? I mean, there's no pillars, there's no... He would have had to be very courageous. I mean, just assume for the, for the moment that you're Peter. I'm right. a Roman soldier. You're going to walk in. I'm going to see you straight away, and I'm going to say, who are you? You know, what yeah. are you doing here? So he, he put himself into jeopardy. Yes, yes. So you could use some excuse. You could say, I'm a tradesman. You could say, I'm a family friend. You know, you could invent some of these sort of well, excuses, but he doesn't. No, he doesn't. but what's interesting, what you said was, the ideal thing for Peter to be able to say is, I mean, obviously, what are you doing here? He said, oh, it's just a friend of mine gone up there. I'm just waiting to see. But that's what he doesn't say. He said, yeah. <laughs> when asked him, is he a friend? Is, is that man a friend of yours? He says, no. Yes. No, no, no. And Peter, by the time he came into this courtyard, was already going through through so many disillusions as Jesus keeps doing things that Peter 
feels is not right for the Messiah to do. This was a person who was going to usher in the end of days. Absolutely. And that's the end of it. So what is he get, why is he having these arguments with yes. uh, Caiaphas? This, I think, mystified him. I think Peter was, was uh, confused. He was confused about this. And that's why he hung around in this kind of sort of small courtyard, yes. you know, trying to puzzle things out. David Suchet, on location in Jerusalem as he was filming in the footsteps of Peter. Powerful to hear even more stunning to watch. I really want to send you this two-hour-long documentary that'll take you to many places where Peter worked, where Peter lived, and as you follow in his footsteps, I think your faith will grow. I think you will be encouraged in your faith as you see how God used an ordinary man like Peter to share and spread the gospel. How about calling us right now? How about making a generous fiscal year-end gift to help us reach our budget and to help us keep sharing this great story, not just with you, not just where you are, but in so many other places all over the globe. Our number to call right now is 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or come over to our website, watch the trailer from the documentary, Make that generous gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org, and ask for In the Footsteps of Peter. And if you didn't get In the Footsteps of Paul from us last year, we have that in a special bundle with the Peter documentary for your minimum gift to the ministry. Ask about the bundle when you call. Read more about it when you go online. My name is Charles Morris. Thank you for joining me and starting your week with us. Would you come back again tomorrow when again we get to share together the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Are you the kind of person who keeps a daily planner? Do you make a to-do list and check things off as you make progress? Staying organized can help you get things done, but what you write is only what you hope to do, what you intend to do. Contrast that with Psalm 139, which tells us that God has already written what will happen in your day and mine. Listen to this. It says, All the days ordained for me were written in your book, before one of them came to be. And that's a truth to steady you in the busyness of life. You can rest securely in Christ, trusting Him for every day that lies ahead. All you need is 60 seconds and a smartphone to try out the printed edition of Anchor Devotional. Just visit GetAnchor.com.